Good evening, everybody. More appropriately, Merry Christmas. I'm so uh, I'm so thankful to have this opportunity to to be with everybody this this uh, this Christmas Eve uh, because it's so easy to to get caught up in all of the distractions of the the holiday season, and so I'm I'm thankful for everyone here just for for taking a break from all of the holiday festivities. Because honestly, in our human nature, there are other places that everyone could be right now. There's, there's family or Christmas parties or even just being at home in your jammies. There are so many other places that you could be right here. So many other places that you could be right now, but you choose to be here. Because we come together to worship and to thank God for what He has done and what He is doing, and what we are hopeful and faithful for He will do. For those of you who have not been here or, uh, for our Advent season, or maybe if you just need a, a recap, this Advent we've been looking at the different aspects of what it means for Christ to come uh, as a baby, and why we celebrate Christmas, why we observe this thing we call Advent uh, Michael Walters uh, from Christ Church kicked us off uh, by uh, preaching about the hope that comes from coming out of the darkness and into the light. And then we looked at the peace that Jesus brings that turns away wrath. We looked at the, the love of the light, of being in the light that God provides for His people, and the joy of the generations of the covenant promise fulfilled in the birth of Christ. And tonight, we look at the birth of Jesus Himself. We look at the Christ child. And so the passage that I'm about to read for you from Matthew uh, about the birth of Christ shows us that every person, not just every Christian, but every person should trust the plan of God. Because in all honesty, Your plan isn't perfect, but God's plan is His presence. And so before I read this Scripture, let me pray for us tonight. Heavenly Father, we thank You for this time together to worship. We thank You for this Advent season. We thank You for this time that we can remember the gift that You have given, not just to Your people, but to the world itself. That this birth of Jesus... Uh, is a time to remember Your love for creation. Pour out Your Spirit in this place and remind us of what Your love means for Your people. Amen. And so, for those of you that might have a Bible with you tonight, I'm reading from Matthew chapter 1. And if you don't have a Bible, that's okay, because I'll read it for you. In Matthew chapter 1, starting in verse 18, we read, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When His mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold... An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, 
Do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. And this is the word of the Lord. The first thing that we see in this passage isn't necessarily the divorce that Joseph is planning at first, but it's that Joseph is trying to do what he thinks is best. In verse 19, it says that her husband Joseph, being a just man, this word just is revealing the righteousness of Joseph. In fact, it literally translates that he was faithful to the law itself. He was passionate about righteousness and holiness and doing what the law commanded. But yet, he did not want to put her to shame. And so he planned, the best plan that he could come up with, to divorce her quietly because he didn't want to drag her publicly uh, through a humiliating divorce that all of, of everyone could see. The problem was his plan wasn't perfect. First, he almost skips out on being the stepdad to the Son of God. He didn't know that yet, but that's what he was planning on doing. But more importantly, his plan would have him abandon a young girl pregnant with child. Yesterday I had briefly mentioned about the culture that they lived in was a shame and honor culture. And that what that means is that a person's livelihood was built upon their reputation, upon their very name. And that the, the shame of this girl having a child before she is married would actually increase the shame upon her, her name, her family itself to where she would be an outcast, rejected and alone. And in Joseph's plan, even though he was doing what he thought was best, he didn't want that shame upon himself. And so he planned to divorce her quietly. In his heart, he thought that what he was doing was best. And I want to ask, have you ever been in that situation yourself where you come up with a plan and in your very heart that you think that this is the, the best plan that you can come up with? Maybe interacting with your family. Are the relationships around you, your friends, are hopeful relationships for those of you that might not be in relationship yet? That you have these plans Maybe it's the plans that you have for school or your future or for work. And you think it's the best choice and you're trusting so much in your own wisdom. But your plan isn't perfect. And when you put it into action, everything around you starts to fall apart. 
the good news is that you are in good company because Scripture is full of people just like that who are trusting in their own plan and their plan falls apart. Thankfully, God intervenes on behalf of His people and on behalf of Joseph and Mary. In verses 20-25, through 25, let me recap. But as he considered these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. God comes to Joseph in a dream and confronts the plan that Joseph had come up with. The very plan that he thought was going to be best in this situation. And God says, that's not the plan that I have. He quotes the prophet Isaiah, specifically from Isaiah chapter 7, and reveals his plan not to ruin Or to bring shame, not to beat down and say, you know what, I'm going to drag you through the mud. I'm not, God's not saying, I'm going to, to destroy everything around you. God says, I'm going to bring hope. This child that is coming is coming to bring hope because God's plan is his presence. Because as the Scripture says, that Jesus is Emmanuel. God with us. That's His job title. That's His description. On His resume, Jesus can claim that He is God with us. With His people. That His people are not rejected and alone, but that God interacts and intervenes not just in word but in the flesh because this is who God is this is who Jesus is that he is God with us to fulfill what he is coming to do the angel of the Lord straight up tells Joseph that He will come to save people from their sins. That's why the the Christmas song, Mary Did You Know, kind of annoys me a little bit because the Scripture tells us clearly Mary and Joseph knew specifically what Jesus was coming to do. They didn't know how. They didn't have specifics. But they knew that there was something different about this child. This wasn't just another baby, but that this was God coming to save His people. Specifically, not just from shame, not just from hopelessness, but to save His people from sin. From death. And I know it's not happy and Christmassy to preach sin and death, 
But that's the hope that Advent brings. That's why Jesus came. God in the flesh. God with skin and muscles and blood and everything that is fully human embodied in this precious baby. That's why Jesus came. Because all people, me, you, everyone that ever has been and until Christ returns, everyone that ever will be is condemned and guilty of sin. And that God comes into creation in this little baby, steps in and condescends to a broken creation to take away the sin that you and I cannot pay for on our own. To take that sin away and to give His righteousness. That is the beauty of Advent. To celebrate the presence of God. That we don't just have hopeful thoughts or a nice philosophy or warm fuzzy feelings, but that we worship and serve and celebrate a God who does not abandon His people. A God who loves His people enough to step into the chaos and mess of your life. And that the death and resurrection of Christ brings hope and peace and love and joy. And to bring redemption. To restore what is broken and to make wrong things right. And so this Christmas, it's okay to have the Christmas stuff, the tree, the presents, the stockings, the candy canes, and all of that. That's good. But the reason that we celebrate and have joy is because God's eternal plan was to be present with His people to step into the mess of your life and to fix the broken, to heal the hurt, to destroy sin and bring righteousness. This Christmas, I hope and I pray that you find your hope and your peace and your joy in Jesus Christ. Because He is the gift of God to His people. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank You because You are a God of relationship. That You are a God who brings hope and peace and love and joy not just through empty words, but by stepping into reality itself. By putting on flesh and being present with Your people. And so God, we pray that we would give You the things that distract us from You. That we would give You the things that get in the way that we would give You our hope and our trust. 
that we would turn from our sin and rest in the righteousness that Your Son, Jesus Christ, gives us through His birth and death and resurrection. And we pray all these things in His name. Amen.